Hello and welcome to the All About Ability podcast. This podcast is sponsored by Kale Financial and Strathclyde Housebuyers. Kale Financial are proud supporters of local communities and specialise in helping you protect what matters most for your family, your lifestyle and even your income. They have it covered. Kale Financial are now offering free wills regardless of whether or not you need any other service. Go check them out on the website www.kale-financial.co.uk or check them out on Facebook, Twitter or even Instagram. Strathclyde House Buyers are a local property solutions company who specialise in helping people sell their property quickly with no fees. If you or anyone you know are looking for a fast, stress-free sale, check them out on the website www.strathclydehousebuyers.com on Facebook or on Instagram. See, you doing a podcast, you know, like, you, sometimes you get uh, days where you get to meet people that are, like, you've watched on the telly and stuff like that, mm-hmm. and you're big fans of, and everyone that watches this podcast knows how fanatic a wrestling fan I am. So I have you in the studio today is a really great... Eventually. You've been asking me <laughs> to, uh, three years to do this. <laughs> I know, I'm like, is this guy ever going to get back to me? What's happening? I'm a nightmare. I'm a nightmare. Um, Jack Jester, but it was just, like... It's funny you say that because I've noticed that wrestlers are terrible for that. Aye. You're not the only one. Aye. You're not the only one. Like, every time I try to get somebody on, it's oh, a there's worse than like, me. There's worse than me. At least oh, I'm here. For sure. For <laughs> it sure. took a while, but I got it. I've, I've, had, I've had no shows, and then they were like, oh, they were like, message you back. They're like, oh, I thought it was tomorrow. And all that. Who no showed? Grass the mango. Davy Blaze. Davy Blaze. Right. I may have to make this out, you know, but I'll just say it. I'll just, I'll just say it. I mean, talk about a guy that. Was a bit of a maniac. <laughs> he, was like, he was definitely, definitely a, a, a strange one. It's, a, it's, a, it's the thing is, like when you were asking me, I was like, I of course I'll do it, of course. And then something comes up, and then I just genuinely just keep forgetting. Mm-hmm. But it has. I mean, it's been on for about three years now. So but <laughs> no, when you messed all day, I was like, right, I'm, I'm, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. Oh, See when you got back to me at first, I was like, no way, that's amazing. That was like three months ago. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, we we're going to get this guy in. But then see, as well, I was looking at the pay per view. I thought maybe I can get him in for this. Aye, aye. I wasn't too sure if it was too close to it, what the turnaround was, but yeah, true. Um, um, aye, but it's good because we're like literally in the. The in the depth of, of getting this done, aye. And now you know you're on, you're on the card out of mm-hmm. nowhere, it seems like, because initially that wasn't didn't seem like it was going to happen. No, because, well, the thing is, we, with COVID and everything else, I mean, it shut the whole world down, but it shut us down. And then we had to kind of try and find a way of, you know, still giving content through this. That's why we did the closed door shows, um, which was a massive learning curve for us because my, my whole career, it's always been live uh, crowds and all of a sudden you've got no crowds and, and it's it was weird because you, you knew what to expect so you weren't you didn't have to try and get reactions because there was nobody to react you mm-hmm. know what I mean so you, you yeah. changed your whole way of working but at that point I was we were doing like tape um, like blocks of tapings so we'd be in at like maybe 10 in the morning and we'd leave at 10 at night and it was all done in blocks and bubbles you know because of COVID and it was just, it was, it, at first it was just chaos, you know what I mean? Because you're trying to kind of figure out how to do this. Um, and then I would maybe be wrestling three matches a day, but then coming back and sitting down and putting my headset on and directing the rest of them. So it was just getting to the point where I was like, this is getting a bit too much, you know what I mean? And either one of them was going to suffer, you know, the matches were or my, my other job. 
So I just took a step back because there was so much new talent coming through and so many guys that we were trying to kind of push and get over and introduce to the the audience. So I just was like, well, I'll, I'll take a, a step back for the ring, focus on this. And then that was all very good until Fear and Loathing was coming up. And that's when I started getting a bit itchy. You know what I mean? It's like fighting myself because I'm like, yeah, I know I've, I've, I've got a job to do and I'm, I'm busy. But, you know, I kind of might be on Fear and Loathing as well. So it was, uh, so I, Dallas had spoke to me about it and I was like, well, right, sure, if you if you want me on it, um, let's let's try and figure something out and, and go for it. But it seems like for that conversation, it's just, it's gone. And now Fear and Loathing mm -hmm. is this weekend. Um, that's mad. How do you actually, with no crowd, like I've always, I've been wondering this watching wrestling throughout the pandemic. When there's no crowd, how do you actually decide who's over and who's not and how to progress the story? Because whenever I've been watching wrestling, it's all been based on the crowd reaction. Who, that's how you know who's who's getting booed and who's getting cheered, but if no one's there, how, how would you even know? So it, it was difficult in some respects, but then easy as well, because if you're trying to get somebody over as a villain, but the crowd cheers them. You're fighting against it. Mm -hmm. Just like if you're tr if somebody goes out there and tries to be a babyface, and they boo them. And, and <laughs> the ICW crowd are like the, the loveliest crowd, but they can be brutal as well. And it's if they don't like somebody, it doesn't matter how much you clap your hands, how many high fives you try and dish it, they'll just they'll just annihilate you. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I've seen so many people um, fall to that in the past. You know, they they're all excited to be there, and then they come back like. They hated me. They hated me. <laughs> so with no crowd there, mm -hmm. you know, there was nobody to cheer the bad guys and boo the good guys. So you just went out and just did it. Yeah, you could just do, do you know it. What I mean? um, a lot of ways as well, like actually being able to do that would allow like fans to see how good people can be in that role. You know? Because you're stripped back. Yeah. You know, there's you're, you're not covering anything up and it's 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 a hard thing. Um and you know we we were lucky because we've got our own studio. So we we provided a, a weekly show without missing a week the entire pandemic. That's really impressive um, as well. And, and it is, and, it was, and it's like the, the, the job that everybody's done has been incredible. And it's been a hard thing as well because it's a lot of young folk come up because we, we lost a lot of people through like NXT and, you know what I mean, with the yeah. COVID rules coming in, yeah. we couldn't book this guy and this guy. and um, So then all these brand new, and, and, and the thing is some people made their ICW debuts and their debut went straight onto the network. Do you know what I mean? So there was no, yeah. there was no kind of getting getting used to it. It was just like you're in, in the fire, and you're on. Aye. Mm -hmm. um, so doing that in front of nobody, uh, it was a massive learning curve for everybody. But I, I, I kind of almost think that the more experienced guys found it harder because we've been wrestling longer mm -hmm. in front of people. Then all of a sudden, like after seventeen years, you're you're walking out and there's not a soul there and the music stops. You're like, right now what? You know what I mean? Because you're so used to feeding off the crowd and mm -hmm. like the music stops and people, you're interacting with people and and then that's not there anymore. Um, so you're just doing everything towards the cameras. So we did that and then we got into a good groove with it. And then, you know, when, when we, got, we got slick and everything was running and then they opened the doors again and then we were like, Fuck, I forget how to do this. You know what I mean? It's like you have to kind of factor in because changeovers and stuff like that between matches, when there's nobody there, you can don't need to worry about it. But then mm -hmm. when there's a live crowd there, you forget almost how we did it before. So it's just been a it's been switching gears and switching gears. But the, the the closed doors thing was was great. Everybody did so 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 well. But 
I'm so glad we've got people back because like we missed them. You know what I mean? Yeah, it makes it. That's what wrestling is. It's and, the whole point. Of it. And I and I wasn't on the first show back. Uh, and I remember just before, like when when the, the the music came on and everybody started cheering, I was like, my stomach was gone. You know what I mean? Because it was just it's been so long since I've heard that. And then I just sat there the whole night, just furious that I, <laughs> I wasn't on the show. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because everybody was getting in there. People are going nuts about everything. And I'm sitting like, I was loving watching it, but I was like, fuck, I wish I was, I wish I had a match. Um, but that was before I, that's before I came back. So you've not, you've not wrestled in a while. Um, you've been no. doing a lot of producing of the shows, mm-hmm. which is a whole different thing in itself. And I kind of want to get into that a wee bit as to how that all works backstage because I'm really curious. Mm-hmm. But in terms of coming back now, What's it been like in the short kind of turnaround to get back into the ring shape? It's a, it's, it's a shock. You know what I mean? It's a shock. Like, I think everybody felt it through through COVID. You know, this, this is the longest time I've ever had off since I was maybe 16. Do you know what I mean? I'm 34. It's a long time. So I don't think you, you realise how um, conditioned your body gets to being in pain until you have a year off and your body remembers what it's actually like to not be in pain. And then you go back and you're like, my God, this is, this is shocking. Yeah. This is absolutely brutal. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Everyth- everything for just running the ropes. Do you know what I mean? It's, people don't think that's a, that's a thing, but it's, you're just getting lashed by a rope constantly. So over years, your back conditions to it and you don't feel it. Same with bumps. It never gets any, it, you never get to a point where they don't hurt. You're just used to them. But yeah. then, you know, a year of no bumping, then you go in and it's like you're, <laughs> You've been happy with a bus, but uh, I it's a it's been a a huge a huge thing for everybody, but in such a because there, there was no plan for me to be on Fear and Loathing, um, just because there was so much so other so much I, I had to be on the Fight Club tapings for so long I had to be on the closed doors, um, so just the, the short turnaround to get back into um, ring shaping again switch gears for being producer to being performer, um. It's been it's been good. It's been really good. But like my, my first my first time back at the the asylum tapings was was great. Do you know what I mean? It's just yeah. for the, just being back out there and having and I, I'm kind of lucky. Like I've always had like a good connection with the crowd, and you know I don't like I'm not quite as stressed as some other people are. And you know just just through years and years of being there, like I I, I can I can kind of talk and have a laugh and ad lib and you know what I mean. And that's my that's my thing for years and years. I was extreme hardcore very serious you know the mr icw and and it was good but you know it takes its toll on you and then when i started kind of you know doing other things and like especially with the kinky party and stuff like that it was i saw a completely different side to it so no it's a, it's a matter of kind of having a hybrid of doing that but you know i i love going out there and just having a laugh and making them laugh and you know i mean just having that yeah. connection because i've missed them you know what i mean and i don't get a chance to sit and talk to every single person so I try and kind of do that all at the same time when I'm in the ring. You know what I mean? It's like, I, like, it's like one person having a conversation with a hundred and odd people. Um, but it was, it's, been, it's been great. But I'm looking forward to seeing what it's like when there's a lot more in this weekend. Yeah, I mean, the fans have definitely missed you as well from the reaction I've seen on, online anyway. And it was great. And there's always that, you know, those nerves. and You know, what if, because you're genius yourself. Oh, I can't wait for this. And it's like, what if they just don't care? <laughs> You know what I mean, you're backstage like shadow boxing. It's like your music hits, and they're like, but thankfully, that never happened. Yeah, I don't think my my ego would have taken that. 
I'd have been oh, in despair no. if they naked. Of course not. That would never happen. <laughs> um, but is it different actually having a hand, like it's a handicap match then? So I feel like is that if you're having to work over two guys, is that like a different kind of approach to a regular? It is. One? I mean, it is, and I'm actually trying to think back to think if I've ever had a handicap match. I I'm wondering I if it's. Don't know if I have. I'm wondering if it's set up for you to have some sort of surprise partner coming in or something. No. <laughs> like, I, I, think, I think maybe some people think the same thing. I, but I, like, that's what, somebody asked me that. I've asked, I put out like a thing on Twitter to say, like, if you want me, and they were like, who's going to be his partner for this handicap match? And I was like, well, there's no, that's not a handicap match. If I, it would be a tag team match exactly. if, I, if I had a partner. But exactly this, this, this always happens in wrestling. <laughs> somebody says something, and all of a sudden it's like mm-hmm. the rumor mill is ridiculous. Like, who could he be tagging with? And, I'm pretty sure somebody said that people are like, oh, it's going to be true. <laughs> what? Of course it isn't going to be true. What, what do you mean? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. you, you know it's not going uh-huh. to be him. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's, it's crazy. But it's, it's one of these things. It's like, we, and I get it. People, because it's always, I've, I've, I've came from being in a tag team to not being in a tag team. So yeah. folk think it's going to be like a double swerve and all that. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's, you know, folk can, you know, I kind of control that and, so, um, see, as like a producer, you've probably had, you know, you're high up in the company that you could probably come in and work with any of the young talent you kind of wanted to. So, mm. why the why are these two guys in the Thatcher cabinet then? That, that, that whole gimmick is very, obviously, the, the, the heels, if you like. Um, yeah. And uh, what is it about these guys that made you want to get in and work with them, them particularly? Um, you know, it, it was kind of last minute. There's been so many feuds happening and so many, everything's been built to these two shows at the weekends. And for me to come in so late, I just thought it made sense because like, I am the anti them. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You look at you look at the way they are, you look at the way they act, their music, the, how fucking boring everything is and how slow and I thought, you know what I mean? My name, it's just, it's just dull. Yes. It's yeah. dull. You know what I mean? In yeah. the best possible way. It's dull, but, but then, it makes you infuriated. But then it's well. like, so you you know, yeah. how do we how do we counteract that? Do you know what I mean? How do we? Yeah. You go you go with the, these guys who are this, and then you know I could not be more opposite to them. Which then it's a good dynamic because you know it's like it's like a it's like every comedian or every double act needs like the straight guy. You know what I mean? You've got like there's like you always need, you can, if 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 two people are trying to do the same thing, it's not funny. But for me, you know, they are, they're very much like in character all the time. So it's, you know, very serious and very almost morbid. And then I'm just constantly trying to make them crack. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like legitimately yeah. trying, you know what I mean? So, and it's like, just don't, you know, you, this is, this is serious. Like you can't, whatever I say to you, you can't laugh. Yeah, I mean, you, you, and then it's like, tell them what you're going to say. Yeah, exactly. No. <laughs> you, can, you can tell that it works because as soon as you came out and, and had that kind of confrontation with them, you could tell that it matched a just to the fact that these guys are obviously really hated. I mean, I've, I've not seen, you know, booing like that for years for people. So so the, so the, the first the first show back after the first time we had fans back in the asylum, that was, you know, I said, let's let's cut Let's cut Billy's intro off with their music. Don't even let him finish. You know what I mean? That's that's going to start them hot because they're not because folk are looking forward to hearing Billy's thing and you know, yeah, steal it, make them steal it, and just boom, and they just went, they just went apeshit, and I was like, wow, like these guys, and that's the that, that's the first time that group had performed in front of people, 
because they, they became a thing during the closed doors. So then it's like, you know, these people are, these are getting massive um, villain reactions here. <laughs> but everything they'd done beforehand, like, you know, you know, they were wrestling folk who were serious. So they were almost the kind of gimmick act. But then I'm like, well, I can come in and be the opposite to them. So then they become the straight man in this this thing. Mm-hmm. And I can be the one that just is the, the thorn in their side. I'm just trying to wind them up. Um, and it's it's good. I mean, like what? I mean, when you, when you look at it, after the year we've had, do you know what I mean? About everything, I'm like, I mean, what what better way to end this year than to walk into my favourite venue and just batter some Tories? Do you know what I mean? <laughs> I mean that. I mean that is that's job satisfaction. Yeah, of you know course. what I mean. When you know when you're young and it's so you better. I might be a wrestler, but I never thought wrestling could take me to that and just just me battering fuck out of three Tories in the bars. I mean, right. that's, I mean, that's a job, man. <laughs> yeah, that is a job. You know what I mean? Oh, that's, that's a dream, man. That's a dream <laughs> right there. That's, that is dream stuff. Yeah, you know, that would be definitely um, a dream. But it, it, it's kind of that as well. And it's, again, it's, you know, with the with COVID and just everything we've had, it's like politics, that it's just, it's all just been so fucking, it's, it's been so stressful and infuriating. And, and it's like this like, kind of visual representation of, you know what I mean? Like me just going against everything that I hate. Yeah. Um, but it's it's been good as well, and it's it's been it's been good for me to try and create some sort of buzz and storyline in such a short amount of time. Because I only had two tapings before the actual match that was happening. You know, some people have had months to to build up their feuds, and this isn't really this isn't a feud. You know, it's just they're coming out they're they're coming out on the product that I helped build, and and I, I say that the last taping, it's like you know I've worked far too hard for far too long to make this company the most entertaining company it can be. And I'm not going to watch you come out and bow the fuck out of people every single time because they come out, my name is Thatcher, and people boo, and it's just either music is so, you know what I mean? It's just so shit. Everything about it is so it's like, I hate them. Nah, you know, I've, I've, sat, I've sat with my headset on enough. Like, it's time for me to come out and, and send you a lot packing. Um, so it's been good, and it's, it's and again, it's at this point, I'm kind of fortunate to, that I can... I can do things that I want to do, and you know, and I'm doing all this stuff just to entertain myself. Hope, and I kind of hope that other folk find it funny. You know what I mean? Like I'm, I'm kind of everything I'm doing. I'm just like, this is, this is hilarious. This is so funny. And I'm, I'm making all these stupid videos, and I'm pushing myself laughing, thinking I'm hilarious. Then I'm like, fuck, what if they don't think it's funny? It's no, too late. I mean, you're definitely hilarious. But it's great to be at that point in your career where you can just be, be comfortable. With what you're doing. Do you know, it's like, I just, I'm kind of at that point now where if I don't enjoy it, I don't want to do it. Mm. You know what I mean? I've, 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 I've been there, but I've, you know, I've, I've put the graft in and I've, I've done the things that I don't want to do to, to get myself to a certain level. And I've, you know, done all the favours that people have asked me and, and I, I st- obviously I still would, you know what I mean? If I was asked, you know, we've got this idea and we want to run with you and such and such. Like, does it make sense business-wise? Yeah. Cool. But right now, I kind of don't need to, like, this isn't a really a business decision. This is just Dal- Dallas wanted me at Fear and Loathing. I was like, right, cool. But I don't have enough time to to really build something mega serious. So I'm not even going to try. So I'm going to go the other way. You know what I mean? We've yeah. got so, so many big matches on these, on bo- in both of these nights. For sure. Um, And I just kind of want to go out and celebrate the fact that we're back at the bars and I, 
I might be able to go there and have a laugh and I want to be able to go there and, you know, entertain people and make people kind of smile and, you know, almost almost the same as I did with the Kinky Party. Like, I, I kind of took a lot of pride in that, that the show could be quite heavy sometimes and it was very, very serious. And me and Shab would just go out and let people breathe for 20 minutes. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah, sure. Interact with them. It was their match. Like, I, I mean, it really was their match. Everything we did was based on, on them. So it wasn't like we were doing stuff that we wanted to do. We were, but you know the, the crowd were very yeah, much was... in on it. So I wanted to kind of add that wee that we twist with the stuff that I'm doing just now, and you know just being back in the asylum and seeing all the familiar faces and um and just just like challenging myself to make these people laugh. And it, by any means, it's just stupid. It's not. It's not. <laughs> yeah, so, it's yeah. not. It's not like smart comedy. I'm literally just doing daft things, and I'm and I'm. I'm passing myself laughing the ring because I, I, I think I'm fucking hilarious. <laughs> well, see, see how you're saying you're basing that like off the crowd and stuff, uh, and you're able to kind of use that experience to know what they like and what they don't like, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But see, when it comes to you've obviously had your first because this was something I was really curious about. Your first acting job was yep. with the, the Scots, which has gone down really well. Mm. That was hilarious, but obviously that's a different kind of humour because you're not basing it off of a crowd reaction. You're basing it off of the story and yep. how it gets told. But you, you hear a lot of talk from wrestlers, especially like in the mainstream, like the old guys, like your Stone Coles and that, talk about how, you know, they got over through being able to be like an enhancement version of themselves and being able to just be who they were, but only turn it up by 10 notches or something like yep, that. Yep, yep. But so obviously acting is not like that, but you're seeing more and more acting talk come into wrestling. Like, WWE is a lot more scripted than it yep. might have been back in the 90s. How did that compare to actually being in front of a crowd? Like, did you find it difficult to be as natural with it? Um, I think a lot of people, for years it was always, you should try acting, you know, wrestling's the kind of the same. And in a way I get it, but at the same time it's, it's nothing like it. Do you know mm-hmm. what I mean? It was... Yeah. Um, I, I found at first I was kind of more comfortable, uh, and like the, so. So the pilot for the Scots, for example, um, I think I was the first day, and we filmed it in a flat, a tiny wee flat, um, and it was the scene where I was I was working it, and I, I, yeah. I hit the hamsters through the wall with the kettlebell. Um, but that was just a living room with like a whole load of cameras, and so you don't realize how many folk are behind that. But I didn't feel uncomfortable with that because that was familiar to me, being in a room with somebody pointing a camera because that was like a promo. Mm-hmm, yeah. you know, that was kind of yeah. similar to me. The only difference is I'd never read a script up until that point. Like I've never been scripted ever That's in really wrestling. Actually. You yeah. know, never ever. Like maybe people give you direction, but I've never written something down or, you know, you just kind of talk. Um, but but wrestling's, wrestling's like my world, so... You know, I think the pressure was I, I was I was trying to do everything in one take, everything in one take, and then it was it was Ian Connell that took me aside and he was like, "Listen, like you're doing really well here, but you, you don't even if you do a take that you like, you can ask for another one because they're going to do that anyway." Whereas in wrestling, you kind of I, I've always challenged myself like one take, especially when you're live, you don't have a choice. You know, when yeah. you're in the ring, you have to do it in one take. But backstage as well, you know, if I felt it was good. I don't, that's it. I don't want to do another one. But with the acting thing, um, I, I think it was just like, I was so eager to do well and, you know, yeah. impress people. And But then 
then with the kind of group shots, that's when the pressure comes in. Because like I'm I'm sitting, you know, even like the, so like the dinner party scene yeah. in the Scots, I'm sitting, I'm like, you know, this is this is mental for me. Because I'm not an actor, like I'm a I'm a pro wrestler and I've got like Ian and Rab, like a massive I'm a massive Burniston fan. And it's like they're there and they know that you know what I mean? <laughs> and it's like and and then you'd like um like Sh- like Shauna and Sharon and all these and like Louise, like they're, they're just all they're just all so good. And I'm kind of just sitting in awe. But then with that, you're if then if you get your bit wrong, you're affecting other people because you know what I mean. You're waiting yeah. for your bit, and then daffy things that I didn't take into consideration, like eating, like try to make sure you've not put food in your mouth when it's your turn to talk. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I'm just enjoying shoveling risotto into my face. You know what I mean? And even like the like oh, the direct, not the director was like, "You're not even in, you're not even on camera." And I'm like, Fuck, shoveling this rice to my face. But um, and then try it like even and it's and it's funny because I was sitting there because it is really funny. So you're sitting there trying not to laugh. You know what I mean? Um, and a few times like that just wasn't possible. And you're just you know pissing yourself laughing because something. Something hilarious has been said, and you're sitting like, I'm, I'm sorry, guys, I'm sorry. But there is a lot of similarities to, you know, there's cameras there and you're performing, but definitely reading reading off a script, um, especially when there's multiple moving parts. Because even if I do a, a promo with four people, if I want to cut them off, I can. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? If yeah. they're saying something, then I go off, you know, and I, I can cut in. Whereas with this, you know, you're waiting for the last, you, you, you need to learn other people's bits so you know when they're finished, that's when you talk. Try to make it look natural, so you're not sitting <laughs> waiting for your bit. You know what I mean? Um, the timing of it is really is more to. I, I, but it was good, and it and it was amazing how quickly it became comfortable. No, no, so much the acting. You're always, you know, you're always trying to kind of learn and get better. But the the cast, it, it's weird. Like it was just everything just clicked so quick, and we we filmed this during lockdown as well. So like the scenes where we're in the living room partying and drinking and stuff. Like you can't, for a second you would forget that you were filming because that was the closest to a social life yeah. any of us had had for about a year. Uh-huh. I mean, we're all sitting drinking our fake beers and like, this is this is great. Let's go. Out. Oh, we can't. <laughs> Nothing's open. But um, I it was there was there was similarities, but it's the two different two different worlds altogether. But it was it was an amazing experience. I absolutely loved it. Loved it. And just being able to sit, even when I wasn't filming, sitting watching. All these people working it was fascinating, and for me, I found myself. I, I, I think I'm incredibly lucky because you wouldn't think that. Like I've been wrestling for like 17, 18 years now, and you wouldn't think that after all that time you would get a fresh start with something else. Do you yeah, know what I mean? So yeah. like, and it's and like all the kind of things that, and I, I just, I, you know, I was, I was, I was so glad to be asked to do it, over the moon to actually get it. So I'm like, I'm just going to enjoy it. Do you know what I mean? I'm going to ask questions and I'm going to be vulnerable and I'm not going to. Do you know what I mean? It's like all the kind of stuff when I was a, when I, a younger wrestler, it was drilled into me like, you know, don't ever look like a fan and don't ask for photographs with this person. Don't ask for, you know, I'm, I don't care anymore. You know, I'm 34. <laughs> I'm like, I don't, what, what's the yeah. worst that could happen? Do you exactly. know what I mean? Yeah, you've and then he, like, I'm like a huge Rab C fan, massive Rab C mm-hmm. Nisbet fan. And like, Barbara Rafferty's in this. You know, that's that's Ella Cotter. You know what I mean? That's James exactly. Cotter's life. And I'm <laughs> yeah. like, this is mad. You know what I mean? It's just I'm just, mind, like, just yeah. being a pure fanboy. Yeah. I'm asking questions and all that. And and then even even like Rab and Ian would just say stuff and they would like you'd hear them kind of hitting out like a like a Burniston quote. I'm like, 
That's cool, man. Absolutely cool. But I guess that probably helps you a lot being around people that you know are really experienced, they know what they're doing, and they've been in this almost exact same environment. But the chemistry really comes through. So, you know, watching that you can tell you so really get along and it's all I think that was together. the main thing. Like we we genuinely loved filming it. You know what I mean? It was every day was such a laugh. Everybody got on really well with each other. Um and it was just just so quick and, and when you day watch it like you go the chemistry is amazing and you would think that we all knew each other for you know at least some time before was, we started filming i was shocked it was your first gig to be honest i thought you'd done a few things no like i've done tv stuff but it's always been like documentaries or yeah like, uh, rogue to wrestler um so it's, it's it's not the same it's not it's not scripted mm-hmm. um but i it was it was amazing and then you know we were all kind of obviously hoping it would do well um, and it did, and we've got a, a second series. So I don't know where we're filming that, but I, I cannot wait. And think about the fact you won't be hopefully, well, hopefully you won't be in lockdown at that point. Well, right? that's the thing as well. Like, I mean, f- what we managed to do we, during COVID, like I, you know, that was my first experience. So I don't like other other actors. Kind of, I think they felt the difference. Whereas yeah. I'd never, I didn't have anything else to reference. So that's all I remember. So I'm kind of, I'm interested to see what it's going to be like when we don't have all the rules and we don't have all the it'd be nice to go to work and not get a massive cotton bud shoved up your nose every two days <laughs> <laughs> that, that would that would help aye yeah. aye but uh, I was it was amazing like and t- the fact that everything was filmed in such a short amount of time and it was uh, the, the organisation like watching how that is done like I, I'm just coming in from my bits but just watching it's it's, it's mind blowing mind blowing like, even like set changes and like continuity and I, I was fasted because in, in wrestling it is it is performance and I've learned all that kind of stuff and I, even even years ago when I went to to WWE um, you know you had like a, the room that you would sit in the extras room once you once you done your tryout and stuff but I just walked about the whole night and like just peeked my head in and seen what was in that room what was in that room and there's just signs everywhere you know what I mean for all the yeah. production Vince's office this 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 so it's like I'm, this is fascinating so I was just like walking about and sticking my nose in where it, where it didn't belong. So it was the same with this, just watching how folk work and how quick it all works and how efficient it was. Um, it was it was great and I could de- you could definitely take some tips for that back to back to wrestling, especially in my other job, not my performance job, but you know the organisation organization backstage because <clears throat> there's a lot of moving parts to get right. Well, that's what I was just about to say there, see from like actually producing that, you know, you've been doing that a lot for ICW, mm-hmm. like watching all this, how does it compare? Like, what what are the things that you could maybe take back and put into practice for a wrestling show? But from the Scots back to... Yeah, like, just in, in general in the sense of, like, when you're producing a wrestling show, like, what actually goes into that? Because I think people underestimate the amount of, you know, moving parts mm-hmm. that goes to actually organising one match, never mind a whole card. Aye. So obviously you've got... You're not just booking six or seven matches that'll be good. There's there's stories behind them and there's there's places that they need to go, so you're not so even like this weekend everything's been building up to fear and loathing, but then we're straight back to Fight Club after it, so you know I'm thinking ahead, so even stuff that was happening this weekend I'm like right so how how can that end up fitting into this and what's the fallout of this match going to be and do you know what I mean like yeah. you know could that <clears throat> cause this person to come back and so you're you're constantly writing in your your mind 
writing ideas then. And then obviously when the matches are done, you're having to time them. But so you've got like your time from the show starting, you know, the, the the time in between matches because people need to get out the ring and Simon needs to get in and announce. And so like my, my I mean, my, the, the whole night is just me like number crunching and making sure that we're running to time. So like I know what time that should go on, what time it should finish. So I can tell if we're running over. So I need to try and start buying time back for the next one. Yeah, for sure. But, but two people could go under, <clears throat> then we could be like five minutes behind, but then one match goes six minutes over, so never we're late again and it's you're just constantly doing that so um so i, I basically said i've got i've got uh, communication with the referee uh, referees and the the um production and camera crew so if there's something that's coming up i can say can we get a shot on that corner or you know this is how much time i've got left or if there's something you know tell them to start going to this bit and so you're just kind of you, i mean you're literally yeah. directing it so but then you need to learn all the matches, so you. Yeah. I, I I don't I, I don't really work in a way where everything needs to be given to me, but if I know where it's going, you know, it's me kind of trying to make it go as smooth as possible. Yeah, because you need to have that sense of where it's where it's actually meant to go and how. It's and efficiency to... as well, because we we, we kind of got a wee bit spoiled during the closed doors shows because you know, like there was no there was no no major rush to get something on next or. You know, if yeah. somebody wasn't ready, we could wait for them. Yeah, we, we kind of do that when when there's people there. So that's the th- that's the thing with TV as well. Just how you know what I mean, like you're how on the ball they are with getting folk to their positions and it's all these moving parts to it. It's all aye. Know. I mean, there's there's like runners and stuff like that. We don't necessarily have that um, in wrestling, but you know, it's just letting folk know what they're doing, giving them as much information ahead of the time. And then just telling them to be there ready as you go out because y- you did kind of forget about it because the closed door shows just became the norm. And it's actually it's actually really difficult for me to think back to even the shows we did at the garage because I don't really remember them ever being all that organised. And I'm amazed now the way the way we work, how there wasn't any mere mistakes back then. You know, we, we just kind of trusted folk to be where they needed to be at the right time and whereas now it's a, it's a lot more um professional a lot more uh, like i said efficient um information is given out a lot more and so that sort of thought it's, it's it, for me as a wrestler i don't like being told what to do but give me as much information as you can yeah do you know what i mean direct me let it's me like, know where you want me to take there's this. nothing i hate more than somebody stressing me out I need you downstairs for promos. I need you downstairs for pro- like, and I'm trying to get ready. And eventually, I run down there, and I'm like, right, what is this? Eh, just whatever. What do you mean? Like, you've been yeah. chasing me for two hours. What? What is it you want me to say here? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I don't don't give me a script, but what? I, you know what I mean? Am I am I am I selling a match? Am I talking yeah. about what happened last time? Am I doing this? You may have an eh, idea. Just you know, something just kind of <laughs> no, no, no. Like no, yeah. tell me what you want. So. It's just aye, information and getting it out there, but it's just the, the world has changed, and with that, so is everything else. Um, so it's it's been it's been great. It's been it's been a absolutely mental. I mean, for everybody, I, it's it's mind blowing really when you think about the amount of things that's the amount of stuff that's happened in two years, everything that's changed, and the fact that we're, you know, we're we're, we're I say we're back to normal, but we certainly aren't. But you know, it's as normal as I remember it. 
I mean, you've obviously done a lot of things, and, and it's it's mad to me that when you look at the pandemic and stuff like that, how much the wrestling industry had to adapt, and how much how mm-hmm. how quickly it all happened. But when you started wrestling, um, things were a lot probably a lot different than they are now. I'd imagine, um, <laughs> you know, in a lot of different <laughs> ways. And um, I just you know, I was curious because you came through in a time period where it was kind of a generation had a lot of they were going to be big names, you know. Yep. They had Lightheart, Grado, yep. guys like that. A lot of guys like Drew as well that's obviously went on to WWE. And mm-hmm. At what point did you, because this, this is something I've always wondered for that particular crew that had kind of brought ICW to where it is now. Was there a point where you in Dallas and that sort of realised we're, we're really on to something here? Like this is... Well, aye. So it's actually a bit of a weird story. So... On my 18th birthday, I went. I, I got my first job in the holiday parks. So I left on my 18th birthday. I, I left school to be a wrestler, right? which I would never advise anybody to ever, ever do. <laughs> um, and then I went away my 18th birthday, and I remember my first ever show was Weems, Weems Bay Holiday Park. And there was like seven people there. And it was just because it was lunchtime. Like they were, they were there because they were eating lunch. We were just, we were just yeah. annoying them. Do you know what I mean? So <laughs> it was so grim because it's like two tables sitting having their fish and chips, and and I'm there going, "Come on, come on!" You can see him going, "Shut the fuck up!" You know what I mean? Like this full blown wrestling ring set up while these people are trying to eat. And I remember thinking, "What have I done? What have I done?" And then like, the next night was in Craig Tara, and there was like you know, a thousand people there or something. I was like, ah, cool. So I did that. And then that became my, my gig every year. And then I went to um, All-Star. Um, and that was like Butlins. So I went from Haven to Butlins, you know, the big leagues. And, uh, but that was so, so busy. Like ridiculously busy. We were having like four matches a week. Four matches a day. Seven days a week. A day? Aye. So two shows a day. Two matches per show. The shows are nowhere near each other. So you'd be like getting picked up at five in the morning. Then you would get to the first. You'd build the ring. You would do a, t- a singles match, a tag match, then you'd take the ring down, you'd go into the car, you'd drive to the next place, same thing. Constantly, I mean, I, I, I don't know how I did it. Now, there's no, there's just no, no physical way I could handle it, right? But, um, so then I was, I was there and then that, my time with that came to an end. So I had this idea for um, a character based around BDSM and fetish. You know, I wasn't going to do that on a family show. So, like, that's when I contacted Dallas. I was like, I've got this idea for, you know, this thing. And Dallas, he, he stopped promoting at this point. Um, and a wee bit of persuasion, he agreed to, like, let's try, try it. If it doesn't work, it doesn't work. And we did that in Mary Hill. And, I, like, I had, like, my, my mate who was a dom- who is a dominatrix, like, she, she was my manager. And I just remember trying, like, you know, just trying to kind of shock people. And it was the I've told I've told this story before. Like my my pal can vomit on demand. She can make herself sick. Like like no hands, like it's like a trick. So I was backstage like feeding her pancakes mixed with like red food colour and she was washing it down with cans of strongbow. And then there was just a wee bit. And I was like, no. And she just like pulled her hair to the side and just went and like vomited all this sludge. And there was a reaction. I can't say it was a good reaction for the crowd because I think there was, I think there was still kids in the crowd at this point, yeah. right? And folk were like, oh, I was like, ah, you know, something's happened to you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we've, got, we've got the bare bones or something. So it was like, 
that's when the kind of shock tactics came in. And then it was just for there, it was kind of like right place, right time. Like I was, I was, I bumped into somebody randomly in uh, Denison. And they were like, oh, having a party. Do you want to come up? And I was like, aye. And I got up there and I, there was a guy there who said that he'd been contacted by a wrestling company to do shows in his venue. And I was like, don't, don't use him. Contact this guy, Dallas. And that's how we got a start in Apollo. And then we went for like Apollo to the Classic Grand, to the Classic Grand to the garage, to the garage to the ABC. And we worked our way up. And like for that, and for that first kind of initial, you know, um, Mary Hill in front of like 13 people, you know, it was like seven years later we had the Hydro. You know what I mean? So it was, it was great. It was mind blown, mental. But I don't really think we, we realized at the time what we what were doing yeah. until we kind of look back. Do you know what I mean? Because yeah. we, we did everything backwards, like the way everybody else done it. We just we just went the opposite way, and it was a huge risk because there was obviously a tried and tested method to to fill venues, um, and we just didn't do it, um, and it became like a just a massive kind of cult following. And I'll always remember those days back in the Apollo days where like the queue was like, it used to look or like where walkabout us all the way around and. It was just like everything was like so packed and it was chaos. Like there was, I mean, it wasn't organized back then. Like now we've got a we've got a professional organized product. Back then it was just a bunch of mates that were all just going out there and causing. It, you know what I mean? Um, but I, you kind of look back to those days and um, like even like Dallas used to make like um, compilation videos, and it's like well, I, every time me and him get drunk, we put these on, and I end up bolomize it because it's like I remember what it was like you know what I mean because we yeah. and you kind of look back and you go fuck look, it's, it's, it's amazing what we've done um, but things change and I think it, with everything you pine for the old days despite the fact we're in a far far better position now than we were back then but it's just like having that kind of video footage of you when you were a lot younger and you kind of go remember this and remember that and you just get this like I, I just get this like overwhelming surge of like pride I guess goosebumps talking about it you know what I mean? And it's like, and it's just watching that, and you go, "Fuck!" Like this is, it really is amazing what we've managed to, what we've managed to achieve, uh, and, it, and it hasn't really been that long. Do you know what I mean? Like, for where we started to, to where we ended up, um, it's been it's been amazing. And I think sometimes you you just need to kind of stop and think back and go, "Aye, we've we've done all right." Exactly. I mean, the fact that it's not even been that long, you can think about where you can go now. You know, where can is the sky's the limit? And that and that is that is it because we would never have thought like doing um, like wrestling at a pub under walkabout that we would be in the ABC. But then with ABC, you're like, oh my god! And then you wouldn't think we were in the SECC, and then but we sold that out. And you know, and it, there was a there was a time in wrestling where it was just everything was just almost like the kind of the attitude era you hear like you hear like you know stone cold not talk about that like business was booming and everything was just wild and you know that that time period where we did the secc and then the hydro you know what i mean like you know when drew came back at the abc that was de that was definitely the you know the, the the turning point because nobody knew that was happening like i knew it was happening because i was there and because he's my mate, but we, we nobody else like we just because he wasn't even in the same changing room and the lights went out and came back on and it was so sh 
I don't even know how it worked because normally there's like a 90 day thing. He was back within like, I think it was like a couple of weeks to him being released. And then it was just right, we're back, let's let's go with this. And then we went into um, Our Feud. And then that became the Black Label. And then that went back into Me versus Drew again for the, the barbed wire match at the Barras. It was an incredible feud, by the way. He's a fan watching it. The way it all played out and the way the story was told, it was just great to watch. For us, like, so, like, bear in mind, like, when, so when Drew gets signed, I would see Drew maximum twice a year because he would be back for the tours. But I would never, ever see him any other time because he lived in America. So when he came back for ICW, finally we could spend time with each other. But the night he came back is when he, turned on me and threw me off the stage so we never hung it <laughs> yeah, you because because yeah. we that was that was our thing you know like you know how can we expect you don't them to, to it. believe it well if we don't believe it she is a fan i can tell you now i was watching thinking i think these guys have i think they're really and it was amazing because we we did so we ended up annoying each other um, yeah. and i said to him like, you need to try and you need to get under my skin and i'll do the same with you um so he was he would say things that you know he knew were going to get to me and, you know, we know each other well, so I was like, well, if I say this, it'll wind him up. And we didn't spend any time with each other. We really didn't. Like, the first time in <laughs> 10 years we could have hung out every day, and we never. And then we had the match in the bar, the first match in the bar is, um, And afterwards, it was just like, right, cool, that's it, done. And then we could actually start hanging out with each other again. But even like the, the, the run-up to it, when we did, like, the, you know, when I, we had the fight in box, yeah, you know, like that was that was legit. Like he actually like punched me, and I fell, and I cut my head on a, a pint glass that was in the t- and I was outside. Genuinely, I was I was going mad because I was like I, I was believing what was happening. Mm-hmm. So if we believe it, then they will as well. And that was our that was our thing. You know, we need to do this a hundred percent or or not at all. Um, but I it was it was good. And then and then with the black label, it was it was amazing. Like personally, it was good because it was just all mates that were just causing it. You know, we were bad guys and we didn't care about being cool. We didn't care about selling t-shirts. We were just, we just wanted to be the, the you know, the best villains we could possibly be. Um, and I, I I said, I said to a few people at Dallas and Scott Reed and stuff, and I was like, I don't know how I'm ever going to recover from this. Because I was, I was doing like really horrible stuff to, mm. to wind people up. You yeah. know, I was like, if some, like, like Cardiff, in fact, me and, Lion, me and Lionheart, I fight about this because I think we were tagging each other. And on my entrance, like a guy like stuck his finger up at me or something. And I just wouldn't like I would not go any further until the security kicked him out of the building. And just wee things like that. Like it was yeah. just like arsehole behaviour. It was is... like the second match, and I'm like, this guy's bought a ticket, do not let him but I was getting I was literally getting people flung out. And I'm like, I'm never gonna be able to be a, a good guy again here. Like I've took it too far. And then we did the um the Drew neck speech at the at the, the garage when he turned his neck and he said yeah. he was taking time away and and like about halfway through that like I remember looking over to uh, Rudo and I was like we've went too far here because for, like like somebody shouted something right in the middle of Drew talk, and the crowd turned on him and like because it was a, it was a serious yeah. speech about how he was hurt and the crowd just turned and then somebody fainted and everything and this, this promo went on for ages and, and I was like my god like this is going to be bad when they find out that we've double crossed them and then he punched Alice, and it was just that, like, you know, we, we, we fucking we got you. And I showed up at the, the Hydro the next day, and people were furious. And then that's when we went at the Black Label thing, where I came out and gave the bat to uh, 
Fergal and Balor. So I went for being the devil to being Mr. ICW again within like 24 hours. And then straight into the kinky party, which couldn't be more different to what the black label was, you know what I mean? But, but it's, it's mad how quickly everything can just turn around like that. It's it's good, and that's the good thing about wrestling. You can, you know, you're, there's no rules to it, really. You know, it's, it's a constant yeah. challenge, you know. Just because somebody maybe looks like a good guy doesn't mean they, they should be. And, you know, it's always challenging yourself to go the to go the long way around. You know, don't just settle for this. And For sure. You know, I mean, like, and I, I, there is time, like I said, I, I didn't ever think I was going to be able to get past the the, the black label version of me mm-hmm. because I, I took everything too far. But, but that, that's you give them a reason it. to like you, they, they will, you know. I mean, that that's, see the, the fact you're talking about how you and Drew took it so seriously and were really in on it. That's what makes it, when you look at how important that whole feud was to the mm. to the to the scheme of even getting to the hydro and you know the the whole cradle coming into it and then mm-hmm. how it all kind of turns out, that feud was so key to that whole thing. And if you two don't take that hundred percent seriously, people don't buy into it as much, and you don't get that same momentum. So it's, it, it wasn't. And the thing is, it was personal as well because the whole time Drew was away, we we were like like Drew wasn't the reason. We were popular. Like, mm-hmm. like, look how if you look at how full the ABC was that night, not one person you drew was there. So you know, and then when he came back and it was, and that that I did take it personally because I started to be like, hold, hold on a second, like, did Drew's getting all the, you know, oh, Drew's yeah. back and he's doing this. I'm like, we we we've held the fort for all the time you've been away. You know what I mean? Like, don't think you can just come back here. And that's how he was. That's that's what he was using to wind me up. Do you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Because he, he he wasn't meaning it, like because he, he knew what had happened and he knew all the work we'd put in. And like I was the guy that was out there, like main event in every single time, every single show, all the way through the documentary period and all the way through the big boom. And then like obviously like Gredo when he when he came in, you know that was a game changer as well. But that was like Gredo was so popular, like we the the fans got him booked. Like, I remember the first time I I mean I I knew him. But I walked into the Classic Grand and he was there. And I hate folk being backstage that shouldn't be there. Because your stuff's lying about him. You know, if you're not if you're not, yeah. if you're not in the show, piss off. And I mean saying to him, I was like, why are you here? He's like, oh, I've got a thing. I'm like, no, no. Like, I tried to, I tried to throw him out. And Dallas was like, no, no, he's, he's doing this thing. He's doing this thing. I'm like, all right, cool, cool. And it was the book Gredo campaign where he was like, you know, one of the fans and stuff. And and to this day, I'll always say it's like, it's, it was one of the greatest things I've ever witnessed. Because I was there. For the entire Gradomania. You know what I mean? I, I saw it for the for the bottom all the way to the top. Um and it was just incredible. It was just like it's something that will never be mimicked again. You know what I mean? It was just and it's yeah. it, it was so real and folk because he didn't really try. You know what I mean? Like it wasn't he wasn't trying to portray this character. Like it was and I think he he kind of turned it on its head because everybody wants to be cool. Everybody wants to be stone cold. You know hmm. what I mean? Yeah. Everybody wants to come in and be the, the you know, the, the the heartthrob or the, you know, the psycho or whatever else. And Credo was just like, I'm absolutely comfortable just being <laughs> being this guy. And folk could relate to him. And, I, and that, he said that to me one time. I was like, I, I can't remember what we're talking about. He goes, no, but the difference between me and you is, he goes, folk don't relate to you because of the way, the way you carry yourself and the way you look. He goes, when folk ask you for a photograph, they'll approach you and say, excuse me, would you mind if I get a photograph? And then you can you can agree or disagree. I was like, what's the difference? He goes, well, with me, I'll be walking down the street and somebody will just come and jump on my back and go, Gredo, you fat bastard. <laughs> you know, it's like everybody thinks they know me. 
That was yeah. like, I, I get it now. You know yeah. what I mean? It's just like, because I'm so, I'm the every guy. Like there's, there's no boundaries between him and the fans, you know? Yeah, it was very Dusty Rose-like, I thought. Aye. And it was because you, you're you like, I'm going to root for this guy. Because mm. you've got all your, your, your athletes and he didn't ever claim to be any of this. But, you know, he went in there. It's like, it's like Drew versus um, Gredo. They couldn't have been more different. You know, yeah. Drew is, Drew's the athlete. Drew's the, you know, the, the, the this big giant, you know, um, powerhouse. And then you've got Gredo. And it's, but that's, that's what I mean. There's no rules. So the, the dynamic was amazing. And everybody wanted to see Gredo win. And that, I mean, that reaction, it's just, it's, it's unlike anything you've seen when he got that. The, the place know. just fucking erupted, man. Erupted. When, um, when Matt and Tyre was the champion, they're heading at the Wismania there. I was like, Gredo needs to be in this rumble, man. Put him in the rumble. <laughs> could, you, could you imagine? Because I'm like, this is the one time Matt Taylor the champion will play into it a wee bit. Obviously, he's no, <laughs> obviously he wouldn't have been the rumble, but I thought. Just I mean, right. I mean, I must say, like, uh, anything's possible, but I've, 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 I saw the, the rise of Gredo Mania, but fuck me if Gredo had come out of the Royal Rumble. Right. I'd, I mean, I think I'd have lost my Aye, that's what I'm saying, but I was like, sitting as a fan, I thought you'd get a Scottish WWE champion and you could play into it a wee bit. Amazing, but, amazing. But it's just um, that, that, that big boom period, like. It's, and it's not until it's not until I start talking about it that I start yeah. remembering all this stuff. Uh-huh. You know, th- things move so quick, and I'm always part of it that I'm, you know, I, I I I don't forget about it, but it's like that's done. What's the next thing? What's the next thing? So, it's good. It's good thinking back to all these things because it was just a an incredible time to be part of it. It was brilliant. Well, because you probably don't even get the chance to kind of sit and reflect on that because you know you as well in wrestling, it's always. You're never stopping, not even when there's a pandemic. You know, always just keep going. It's, it's, co- it's constant. It's the, like, the show must go on, and you can always find ways of doing it. And because it's not a, it's a, it's a forever changing show. You know, you could, you could, you could do a wrestling show every single night, but you can't. You're, it's not like you're rehearsing the show and then taking it in the loop. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's not. It's not like a play, or a panto, or, but it's got all the the same dynamics. Only it changes um, every single time. Do you ever like so before the match? Will you go and? Uh, practice with that person and kind of run the ropes a bit and make sure that we know what we're doing. Is that do you ever? Are you, are you at the point now where you feel pretty confident that you I, can go in there with anyone and just be fine? I, I mean, I think I think it's kind of changed now. Like you know, before before COVID and before everything got shut down, I think folk used to think I was doing it as like a like a power play or a, or main games because if I was wrestling somebody, like I wouldn't even start talking to you until I've got like my bottom half on. You know what I mean? Like I wouldn't get there mm-hmm. during the day and run through things. Like I want to at least have most of my gear on and my hair wet before I'll start talking to you. But it, but then at the same time, it's like you know the, the style that I did. I can I, I can control it out there. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's not like I've got a acrobatic style or whatever else. Um, but things have changed now. You know, it definitely like the way things work now. It's never worked. But that's what I mean when I think back to. I see up like you know even like the, the hydro the SCCC like you were walking in there and just you know winging it that day yeah you know that's <laughs> whereas now you kind of go wow like, I can't I, it's, it's mad to think there was a time where that's how that's how it all worked um, and I suppose like with, with any wrestling you know I, I I suppose every every company to, the, to a point is scripted others direction I don't I don't I personally don't know how much direction. You, you get in WWE, maybe it's just certain people or whatever else, but yeah. 
Um, but definitely with the because we are we're not really a, a like a touring company anymore. It's a it's a it's a, te- it's a t- TV company. You know, mm-hmm. before it was just live shows, whereas now we're we're having to create content and we need You're to keep it going, and it's, and it's every single week. You know what I mean? So um, we can't just wing it because we need to make sure that everything makes sense because people are following a a continual story that we don't ever really get a, a gap from. For sure. I mean, that's what I love about wrestling. See, see when it all kind of, when we things all add up and the story all come, comes together that way. And the fact you guys were going to the hydro and winging it is incredible. <laughs> like, I, mean, it's, I mean, obviously we knew what was going on, but, like, yeah, you know, but just I, I think mean, people think that, you know, all this, uh, anybody, because wrestling, you think, oh, it's, it's scripted. Yeah. It's scripted. And you look, well, it's, it isn't it? You know, people go, oh, it's fake, you know, so you don't know what you're doing and, well, and I think folk mm. do think that you rehearse it like you would a play and you, you know, this is, I'll do this, I'll do that. And it never, ever has been the case. Um, but when you're, when you're running a, like a TV show, you know, you need, that's why you need to have writers and you need to have directors and producers and, you know, you need to have people that deal with the promos and people that deal with the matches and the segments because if one bit's missing, none of it makes any sense. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Um so I it's a, it's a, it's a constant. As a, a constant fan as well, it puts you right off. Like see if see if you start watching a story and you go, that doesn't make any sense when I'm 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 at this like you're gonna. But it does. I think if it's if it's kind of lazy, like lazy writing, you know, if it's yeah. like you you know, are starting something and not finishing it, you know, losing mm. interest because maybe it's not going the way. And I hate that as well. If if you don't give things time, they're never going to blossom. Like I hate when feuds start and they're done within a month. I hate when. You know, like your, your a tag team is just starting to get there, and it's like, oh, we're breaking them up. Like, what, what, why, why does everything need to move so fast? Especially when it's constant, though. So when you know that there's no need to rush things, when you know you've got a constant stream, right. so you need that constant storylines because nobody, you know, that's how you build up interest. And if you, if you, so for, let's say for example, I'm not, I'm using myself as an example. If I'm, if I'm in a feud with somebody, that person being whoever, it's more of a challenge for me if I'm feuding with that person for four or five months because mm-hmm. it's just it's just me and him. So what do we do next? How do we make how do we keep this interesting? Do you know what I mean? It's yeah, like whereas you kinda I think everything moves so quick and it's like bang within a month you've got the payoff match and it's like right what's next? Why doesn't it work like eventually you are gonna run out of stuff, you know what I mean? Like you need to it's like anything that's like, like a soap. You know what I mean? I, I, and so it's like when there's a bad guy in a soap. I don't do you watch soaps? I do. I mean, I'll tell you who is. Rudo is like he honestly he knows everything, everything about Coronation Street. I mean, I mean, it's it's creepy. It's creepy. Him and my ma constantly, man, like just fighting on Facebook because she'll put up going like that. Off, Corey was rubbish tonight, and he's like, right, hold on a minute, and then he chips (laughs) in. And it becomes his big fight, <laughs> but it's like you know, if there's like a bad guy, like give me an example. Who's a bad? Who was who was the guy? Who was um, the recent really bad guy in Corey? Villain. I'm trying to think. Uh, anyway, somebody. But, but this, this, these things run for months and months and months, yeah. and then you've got the big payoff at the end, and everybody's talking about it, and everybody hates them, and these people that are these actors that play these people are getting abuse in the street, and folk think yeah. they are actually that person. It's like you. You know this isn't a real person. This is Coronation Street. You know what I mean? You know I mean, you know this isn't. A, but, but yeah, that's but, it. Like, but you know, you, it doesn't matter if it's fake. You, it's the feelings are real, 
And in wrestling, I've I've seen some of the most real things I've ever seen for something that is fake. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like if people, like for, even for me, like the amount of times like I've like burst into tears after something that I've done. I'm like, I knew it was happening. <laughs> like I knew this was going to happen, and I'm still yeah. I'm still greeting because it's like, thank fuck we've done it. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, like, like you pay off to a big feud or. Or even like, even now, like I never ever thought I would enjoy the the backstage stuff anywhere near as much as I enjoyed being in the ring. But I I love it. Like I mean, I really really love it. Like and, it's, and there's times where like I'll jump out my chair, like and I know what's happening. You know, it's me that's saying it. Like I'm I'm directing it, and something yeah. happening. I'm like, oh, yes. you know what I mean? And yeah, like, people like you're, you're right. Yeah. But it's because it's it doesn't matter whether it's legit or no. If you can, if you can make it make sense, and you can, like, l- let people suspend reality for a bit, because let's face it, there's a shitload of stuff to be stressed out about the new. Yeah, all right. For sure. Like, not everything. Everything's everything's fucking stressful, and everything's grim, and people are struggling to adapt to what's happened in the last couple of years. And there's a lot. Like, the world is a heavy, heavy place. The new. There's a lot to be angry about. There's a lot to be upset about. A lot to be worried and frightened about. Constant every single day of your life, there's always something. Social media, like I, I don't. Every my phone goes over BBC News, and it's like, oh, here's a list of twenty five horrific things that have happened, and you've just opened your eyes. <laughs> exactly. You know what I mean? Like I mean, I've literally just opened my eyes. And I'm like, fucking morning. Exactly. Yeah. You know what I mean? Not even for a piss yet, and I'm I'm getting told how shit the world is. So you know, it's it's our job to for for the three years that these people walk into that building. Just to let them forget about it for a bit. You know what I mean? Just come, Listen. forget about it. Sit with your pals and just watch this. It's, you know what I mean? It's, it's this this is your reality for three three years. And it's and it's that that's that's the that's the most amazing thing for me. Like just trying to trying to keep entertaining them. You know what I mean? Give them something to smile about. Give them something to focus on. You know, it's it's no it's it, for people that aren't involved in wrestling, they just it's it's a stupid thing. <laughs> But it's nothing's been nothing's more serious for me. Yeah, because, yeah, because yeah. I'm an entertainer, and whether it's acting or TV or music or comedy, you know that's what we do. We're trying to we're trying to help people forget the stresses of what's actually happening. For sure, just for a wee while. You know what I mean? I mean that's what that is what wrestling's about. And like, see, even just I've been a fan my whole life, pretty much. Um, even before football, like I was talking about football, but even before football. I think wrestling was first, mm-hmm. and um, I think one of the things about it is it would always, you know, particularly in my situation, there was two things I loved, and it was wrestling and football, but I couldn't do either of them, obviously because of the wheelchair and stuff, it right. just kind of made you not able to do those things, and, but I was always able to believe that, like, so I'd be watching wrestling, and it would make me sort of escape to the a different reality where... I could go out and be just be like a manager or something. Like, you know, I kind of let my mind wander into that, the idea That's of, the thing, but like, there's you know nothing I mean? like wrestling is a, we write it. Yeah, exactly. It's no, it's no. It can be anything. You, of course you can be anything. Like you can, um, you can do anything. Like, you know, it's, and it's, that's the challenge as well. Like, I mean, I don't know if they're going to go for that. Like, how do we do this? <laughs> Let's make them go for it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? They're never, do you think they'll buy into it? We'll make it. You know what I mean? It's and wrestling fans don't like being fooled, <laughs> but yeah. secretly they do like it. Do you oh, know what I mean? Like it's yeah, like yeah. it's just that kind of. It's when they kind of go, Fuck, 
can't, I can't believe like, I'm I'm an educated wrestling fan. How on earth did I fall for that? You know, what I've I mean? it's annoying, things, but if, but if you knew everything that was going to happen, it's no it's no fun. You but know what I mean? It's not entertaining. See, even people, when people would talk about how it's you know scripted and things like that, I think you made a really good point when you say that with any good story, you can everyone can get sucked in. People believe Cody's is real. You know, it's like right. as long as the story. I mean, you look back at like the best wrestling matches there's been, like. Even, you know, people always talk about, like, Shawn Michaels on the ticket at 25, which is my personal, like, definitely up there somewhere. Okay. Um, but as, as good as that wrestling match was itself, it wouldn't have been anywhere near as good if the story hadn't been as good as it was building up to it. No. It's coming out there being God and all that, and you're like... You know, hey. I... But that's, that's what they do. They, you know, they entertain. You know, it's, a, it's, it's and stories. It's not... It's, and wrestling... If you, you, go, you go see a wrestling show at a a town hall, a family show. You're getting six matches. Very, very rarely is there anything that's that, that coincides with anything else. It's just a light-hearted, fun night out. So that even that's good. But when you're when you're trying to get people's emo- like with that, you're booing and cheering people. So you 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 get them all wound up for that night and then they go away. But if you're trying to get folk in, emotionally invested and to to sell a big, there's been hundreds and hundreds of storylines like that. Other part. I like when I was at school, it was when um, Cactus Jack and Triple H, the Hell in the Cell. I'm not talking. I'm not talking primary two here. Like I'm talking, I don't know, maybe like fourth year at school or something, high school. I, 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 I my mum kept me out the next day because I was so distraught that Cactus Jack lost this match, and she knew if I got into registration that morning and one of my pals tried to wind me up, I'd lose the plot. You know what I mean? She, like, she kept me off of my ain good. You know what I mean? If I send him to school and anybody even says one bad thing about Cactus Jack, he's going to lose his shit. You know what I mean? So it's like, and that's, like I was close to being an adult at this point, you know what I mean? But I've still done it. Like, I, you know, I've, I've watched things and like I said to you before, like I can watch, I can watch back stuff that we, I've done and I'm, yeah. I've got tears in my eyes. Or, it's, you know what I mean? It's, you're so emotionally invested in it and like, the thing is that I actually, could talk to you all day about this. Um, I'm, I'm terrible for this. Uh, see, see, even like uh, what I wanted to say about when I was talking about the fuse and stuff as well. When you with that, I rewatched that match with you and Drew earlier on today, right? And it was uh, the bar wire. And see that Aye. bump, see that bump you took through the table, man. That I want to talk about that because I've always said to folks, right? Like I talk about wrestling, and I'll say I want to, I want to take. I said this to Dallas as well. I was like. Get somebody to put me through a table on fire with a barbie on. Like, I'll do it. I'll, I'll do, do it. Do you know what I mean? I, I was like, do Don't ask me twice. I was like... You want to get um, through a flaming table with a barbie? Mate. mate. It's nice I get, swear to God. Nice off manos. Sign me up for it. I'll do it. Mate, I swear to God. Like, we, we joke. But I don't know if I could lift you and the chair, but... Well, it would need to be out the chair. It would need to be out the chair. You ah, see, okay. this is the thing is, um, I could be like... Me, um, I could like crawl to the ring. See, the thing is, as well, I always thought... Mark, right, come on, right. Listen, we'll try to... We'll try to Maybe you crawl into the ring. I don't know if that's going to set the tone. I mean, we're talking oh, about, right, listen, I've just said I don't know if I would ever recover for the black label heat. Picture the scene. You crawl to the ring. You know, you're crawling to the ring. And then, and then I can somehow pick you up and put you through a table covered in barbed wire that's on fire. Like, that's it. Game over. Like You'd be here for life. That's life. That'd be it, man. That'd be my last booking. This is... If I'd be in the front page again. This is what I'm saying. It was see. I always thought I always had this theory when I was a kid that being in a wheelchair would be make it so easy to be a healer face. 
I could like, as in like, you could, if you if you were a face and you or you were trying to turn somebody and you wanted somebody to come out and be a bad guy, they could if they come out and be up something in a wheelchair. I never all of a sudden, because that, that's quite true. Because you could be, you could you could get the sympathy as the good exactly. guy, exactly. But then at the same time, it's dead easy to look evil. Yes, you could be like the um, doctor, like the doctor. Evil, I, sort of guy. I've got the, I've got the, I've, I'll give you Norman. I've got the bald cat and everything. Because I always, I always envisioned like cutting this promo where I would come out and like everyone would see, everyone would look at me and be like, oh, like is oh, it's so inspirational that's getting the wheelchair this year. And then I just come out and just tease me. I, <laughs> I just like slaughter the crowd, and I'm like, I rather be in a wheelchair than any one of you fucking pricks. Yeah, by it. the way, right, listen, I'm going to put this in my phone, man. You'll be in, you'll be in the, do I be in the square goal? Mate, I'll do, I'll do anything, I'll do anything. You, Don't say that. Don't I, say that. Like, and, um, I've been saying, Paul, Paul's been here, Paul knows that I've said this every podcast I wrestle, I'm like, I'll date anything. I'll right, date yeah. anything, mate. Okay, um, okay. Don't. Well, I mean, <laughs> I'll call you a bluff. Maybe not, maybe not the one you took, man, that looked, that looked. That, right, aye, that, that bump, so obviously that, that whole day, like, I, that was another switching gears moment, because I hadn't done any of that stuff for a long, mm. long time. So the whole day you're going, fuck, like, this is, it's the pressure of being, like, Drew's last match, and he's going back, and it's, this is it, like, all the stuff we've ever done. After it's this, it's done. Enough, yeah. Hopefully, like I mean, I was like, I don't ever want to wrestle Drew again because if I do, it means that he's not in WWE anymore. So mm-hmm. best case scenario is I never wrestle Drew again because it means that he's still there, right? But um, aye, that that whole match and it was like, you know, how with the build, how do we we need to make sure we don't disappoint people, mm-hmm. which therefore means you know shit's gonna have to go down. Drew's signed. He's no he's not going to be able to do all this stuff. So it's you know, it's like, you know, trying to make it look like chaos, but keep it controlled because there was, he had th- certain things that he couldn't, couldn't do. But that bump was like something I'd been kind of debating and he didn't, he didn't want me to do it. I was like, nah, I, I mean that, to do it. See the whole, the whole payoff to that was just watching it as a fan. You're like, these guys are really going for this. This is Aye. intense. Just the, the pressure. I was getting, for you watching it. <laughs> pressure of getting it right. And it's like, even when you watch, there's, there's a, there's a video that Scott Reed put together. And it's my favorite video. And it's a tune for the Van Damage, my pal's band, the, dark, uh, the Darkest Night, I think it's called. Um, and it's it starts on black. And I mean, sitting and making it with him, it's on black and white. And you see, like, flashbacks to me and Drew, like, you know, kind of winding each other up for the documentary and, like, hugging each other backstage. And and then it kind of kicks in. And when I walk through the curtain, it comes into colour. And it was like the Wizard of Oz. That was my idea for it. Everything's in black and white until that door opens and it's in high colour. So it's that, can you see me getting ready backstage and, you know, putting my, getting my makeup done and stuff like that. And then it's just for the start, me and Drew start punching each other. And then I take the baseball slide off the apron onto the board that's on the floor, which absolutely destroyed my, ripped all my arm open. Yeah. And then the the one for the top rope to the floor. And then the power bomb for the, I, I forgot how many bombs I took through barbed wire that night. I mean, your body must have been in bits, man. Aye, but it was, you know, it's, you, I think with that, you can't, you can't go in and half arse it. You need to go in and go Did for it. Don't agree to do it if you're going to, Cut corners, you know what I mean. Well, for two points to that. Firstly, I would definitely agree to do it, but just because I think the wrestling fan of me would would love to do something like that. I would do something like I've always thought because if if you kind of walk and you kind of wrestle properly, you need to be the the most maddest cut. <laughs> you need to be like the the, the wheelchair version of Shane McMahon or something like that. <laughs> the, wheel, the wheelchair version of Shane McMahon jumping off the cages and all that. If you're just going for it. Um, I'll, I'll, oh my god. <laughs> 
I'll get over my ten months. Some grown man or crying or what? God, that poor guy. You're just lying there, loving it, man, like, driving it. You could even do a thing with every, every, like you just do a thing backstage where everyone thinks I can walk, and the reason, like, they think that somehow somebody's attacked me, and the reason why I'm in the wheelchair is because somebody in the muscles like hit me with a steel chair or something and put bat my legs in or something. These are these these ideas are Wait, these Listen, are these are inspiring. It's like, but, but they're all about. I don't know what the payoff is. It's just like you crawling to the ring. Me putting you through a table that's on fire. You in a wheelchair. Everybody thinks I can walk, but the payoff is you can't. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> God, I'm laughing too much for somebody that needs to piss. But um, see what I was, what I wanted to say there when you were talking about the the, the match was when that match finished and you knew that he was kind of delivered. Did you expect Drew to do as well as he's done? Like to go there and get to the main event spot at WrestleMania and. Beat Brock well, Lesnar and all that. The funny thing is, like, we, it was something we spoke about for years. And I used to always say, when you headline WrestleMania, you're you're paying me, you're paying my flight over, mm-hmm. so I can come and watch you. And like, we said that, but Drew didn't. I mean, I know Drew didn't have any doubt in his mind. Years and years ago, before Drew even got signed, like Drew used to spend so much money. He never had any money, but he would. If, if Drew made hundred quid, he would spend two hundred. Um, and I'd be like, you know, he'd, he'd always buying supplements, always buying this, always buying that. And I'd be like, what's you're doing? He'd be like, Vince will pay for it one day. And this is before the first day. He was so confident he was going to get signed. That's and nice. it's like, he, he did. And then, you know, when he went back, like Drew got released um, before he came back to us. And it was, he went on a mission to show them that they'd made a mistake. Because he could have, he could easily have come out and did three MB for a year. Like, wear the same gear and, mm-hmm. you know, make a bit of money after the fact. But he never, he came back and went, that's not who I was. This is who I am. And very quickly they realised, we need to get this guy back. And then obviously he went back and it, it just happened so, so quickly. But watching him, watching him uh, win the Rumble was, and I text him, I'm like, Drew, I don't mean to alarm you, mate, but you've just won the Royal Rumble. He was like, oh my God, I'm freaking out, I'm freaking out. That's amazing. And then obviously, the, and this, I felt so sorry for him because WrestleMania, and he, he came back here to film the BT Sport advert, you know, when he's in the mountains, let's start. And um, he got here, I think he went to bed, got up like, for the toilet during the night and got a text saying, oh, they're closing the borders, you're coming straight home. And he, we had like a surprise party organised for him here. And he was going to go to Ibrooks and like, you know, all the stuff that he'd not been able to do for ages. He was in Gla- he was in Scotland for like less than 24 hours, flew straight back. And then into WrestleMania, you know, nobody there. But then I was saying to him, you're the first. No, nobody's yeah. ever done it before. So like you've, you've made history straight away by being that person. And, he, went and he, he was the champion for that brand new era, the Thunder. He carried it. He carried, he carried the whole it. thing and it's like, nobody had ever done it before. You, you've you got the championship here. Nobody, You can't ask for advice because nobody can give you it because they've never done it before. Well, and you would argue that by that point, Reigns has been healed, so he was kind of the face of the company in terms of the... And it drew, he, he works, I mean, to this day, he still works so hard. Like, the amount of press he does and he just never, ever stops. But, um, I mean, I, I, I didn't doubt his ability. Yeah, but but it's but even but it's it's still, you know, when you're watched and you're like that, that's Drew, he's my mate, and he's beat Brock Lesnar. Like it is mental. It doesn't matter how much faith you've got in him, you've beat Brock Lesnar at WrestleMania in the the main event. You're the yeah. you're the champion. That's that's but Drew's fate, Presswick. You know what I mean? <laughs> Drew's Drew's just an airshot boy, and it's like just for for there to there. It's just it's it's mind blowing. And the fact that he got released and was able because. There's, there's one thing you can say about being a good wrestler and knowing how to do all those things, and he's definitely elite that way, but to actually have that kind of 
mentality of to be released and not so driven, not to be not to be swavered by that. It could have been. Like, it could have been so bitter. He could have been depressed about it, or he could have been angry, spiteful. And I'm sure he. I'm sure he. he was all of these things at one mm. point, but you know, it was just like I've got my blinkers on, and I'm. You know, I'm. I'm going to do this. It just shows and he, you. And he. He, he, he has. Yeah. You know what I mean? He's. He's done everything he said he's going to do and more. Um, and it's even when I said I, I saw. I went to see him last week, and it's just that it's just a live event. There's nothing happening, and it's. I don't care. Even like back a few years ago, you're all trying to become. I'm up at the barriers, like filming him. You know what I mean? Like high fiving him and all that. Cause I'm just. I'm so proud of him, man. Like it's yeah. just, it's amazing. Like I just, I, I, everything he does, I just, you know, it, it's, it's amazing for me to watch. And I've seen, I've done a lot of amazing things myself, but I've seen a lot of amazing things, and I've, I've witnessed people achieving things. And like you know, he's the, he's the king of the castle for that. Um, and I just, it's, it's, it's incredible for the wrestling fan in me to see my mate on the stage that he's on. Um, and he said he was going to do it, and look he at him, it. he done it. Well, for the wrestling fan of me, this has been an absolute pleasure, man. Oh, it's been great. A long time coming, but I could sit in here. I could talk all, all night. Well, we'll, de- we'll get another one. I'll definitely have you on again, for Aye. sure. That in all three years. <laughs> <laughs> uh, hopefully it's after you beat up some Tories at the weekend, anyway. Oh, I mean, no, that's that's a given. Like That's absolutely, there's, there's no doubt about that. I'll get the Tories done first, and then we'll start coming up with this flaming table. Listen, spot. <laughs> like, we joke, but... I'll be ready. I'll be ready. One, if you need, if you need to pop up your shirt with something, I'll do. I'll do it, man. You have no idea. What you, like, I don't know um, how much of the stuff you've seen, but I've done some crazy, crazy things. Uh, I had a boxing match with Atom Lobov. I did. I, I've, I was, I've um, seen, seen a few things, you've and seen. that was kind of mental because he actually properly punched me in the face. It was, it was <laughs> an experience. I was definitely slightly concussed. After that, horrible, isn't it? Horrible. Because <laughs> the people were like that to me, oh, great fight. And I'm like, I have no idea what is going I don't on right now. It. Like, not a clue. Like, seeing people ask me, how, what was it like for the fight? I'm like, I oh. cannot remember. Watch it because I don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But, um, and also, I did a, uh, I feel like I've mentioned this in too many podcasts, right? But I did this thing where I did a thousand K in the one month right. for charity. So, so what I did, I was using a ski egg machine. I don't know if you know. I'm sure you do know that, but it's uh, so I would come off the chair on my knees and do a 10k. But what it was was I had to do in order to do a thousand k in a month, I had to do 40k every day for oh. th- for 30 days. Um, which for lack of, the lack of preparation I had in it was was I mean it was that's heavy duty, eh? I think I was just so meat-headed and like, I can do this, man. And then like two days into sometimes it. you need to be, man. Just like tell yourself you're going to do it and well, just do it. I did it. I mean, but you should have seen the state of me like a day into it. I came, I went, to, I went to Paul and I was like, for greeting and all that, being like, I don't know if I can do this. Man. Only, only twenty nine days left. <laughs> I know, like, man, this what is, have I done, man? This is one of the worst ideas. No, sitting in here, can chilling out, smoking, coming up with an like, idea for this thing, and we're like, ah, I should be fine. I can do a thousand k in a month, and then you get two days into it, and you're like, I'm fucked. I've made a huge mistake. <laughs> so, point is, is that. Um, you know, as much as I come across nice, I'm, I've definitely got a side going with someone. Right, okay. There's right. definitely. Right, well, I mean, lie. Listen. <laughs> definitely I'm sure. There. I'm sure we could. Um, there's a lot of material to work with here. Exactly. Imagine, uh, imagine, <laughs> imagine somebody uh, tipping my wheelchair over the heat. That would get. I know. I know. <laughs> I, 
I mean, well, we do live in a serious world of can- cancel culture here. Exactly. That's the, that's a, that's a, a dead set way out. You would need me to come out and be like, ah, no, it was all worked on, whatever. <laughs> no, no, no. Listen, if you're going to do it, commit to it, all right? None of this doing it then going, oh, it was all a joke. We're all listen, pals. Like, I'll, I'll take the heat. I'll I, take the heat. I, like, listen, I'll, I'll do it. I will definitely do it. <laughs> <laughs> There's no doubt about it. Listen, I can't stress how much I want to do this. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I'll fucking do it. Just so you know. <laughs> no, because also, like, I'm going to say this, and then at one point you're going to text me and be like, so you still like go uh, through a table? Oh my god, oh my god. Mind that time, eh? Uh... Uh, somebody pulled out. We kind of need somebody to do a high spot here if you fancy it. You know what I mean? Need somebody to do a stage bump. Yeah, uh, but no, listen, this has been oh, such, that's a, been great. such a it's good been really laugh. Good but it's been good actually going back and remembering stuff and, you know, reliving some of that stuff. But it's been, it's, it's, been it's cool, quite man. surreal as somebody that's been watched it all as a fan if you haven't talked to you about it. It's, I would never have it's been thought great, I'm doing this. And I don't, I, I, I very, very rarely do podcasts. I've, you know I, how hard it is to make it come on here. I, I mean, I noticed that, like, I was actually looking to see you in podcast before, and no, I was I, like... I, I just tend not to, tend I, not to do them. I feel very honoured. But uh, it's been good, man. It's been really, it's been really good. Um, uh, I, it's, you've, you've geared me up. <laughs> I was, I was exhausted when I came in here, but I'm, I'm all, I'm all hyped up now. I'm happy to hear that. That's exactly what you want to happen. Oh, amazing, man. Amazing. The, it, it's, the podcast means a lot to me to have you on. It's just oh, amazing. Mate, honestly, man. thank you. I really, I, I really appreciate it. And uh, I'm really glad I came. Uh, again, I apologise it took so long. But, of um, Aye. But we need, to, we, we need to do a, a part two. We'll see you again. Uh, stuff. Good luck at the weekend. I hope you're smashing toys. Oh, cheers, mate. <laughs> it's, happening. it's absolutely happening. Watch this space. <laughs>